partnership game in the beginning is always one of, um, you know, hey, can you work with me? Hey, this is great. You're, 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 all you're doing is asking for favors because you don't actually have your team. You've got to rely on everybody else to actually get your job done. So I've got to attach myself to the person, the leader that has the biggest pain in the go-to-market function and then solve their pain through partnerships. And if I do that, I can get, you kind of pave your own path to go, okay, Rob did help solve this really big pain over here. And and you've got somebody else supporting you for when I go to go, okay, well, now now that that's solved, we can tackle this. And so what I always try to do as well is like, Let's start on the thing that has the most pain. So that's one area, one channel. Don't go tackling four different channels and trying to do this and this and this as a single contributor. It's just going to be impossible to do that. You want to yeah, it's too much, show yeah. it's too much. It's too much. You got to, you got to show impact, right? You got to show impact. So I try to double down and find out where that is. And then, okay, what can I do from a partnership perspective, a program perspective um, that's going to do that? And I let data do the talking, honestly, very, I mean, you and I have talked about some of these things yeah. from um, working on other partnerships together data is so important to tell your story. And so we've got, thankfully now we've got a lot more data to support industry best practice to say, listen, this, this is where we're going to go. And our own data says this, but also by the way, the market also says this and they're best in class. So this is what we're heading for. If you, if you, if you put it in those terms, um, any senior leader is going to be like, got it. Like, you got to know how to tell a story. It's a checkbox, right? It's like, okay, I I get where you're going and this makes sense. So let's go. Yeah. And it's a story to your point. You're starting to say that it's the idea of the story. I mean, what you've just described is is looking for the pain, finding the root of where you can drive impact, building it with data and meaning. And then most importantly, and I've only learned this in the last couple of years of my career, but it really is the story that you tell and how you tell it to the efficacy of what you're going to get in terms of results. So you just described looking for the pain and then aligning to the leaders that have that pain and then leaning into how that pain feeds into the bigger organizational desire, the thing that business is trying to do today, tomorrow, whatever, that you can solve through partnerships. I think there's something really fundamental about that. Let's say you've got that buy-in now. So we just going to switch gears a little bit. Yep. What what are the first things that you do, right? So now you're like, let's keep going on this. I like this example of like, all right, now I've come in, I've shown them that I need to go and focus on customer, let's say. In your, let's do like maybe a 30, 60, 90. That could be interesting because a lot of companies obviously ask for that. So like in your first 30 and then we'll do 60 and we'll do 90, kind of the second half of our our episode today. What are some of the things that you're going to do in those first 30 days to drive value, be effective, you know, all the stuff you'd expect? So, uh, like my 30, 60, 90 usually forms a, um, listen to those first 30 days. I'm going to listen and absorb. I'm going to listen to all the reasons why. And also going to listen to, um, and talk to as many people inside and outside of the organization. So I want to, I want to know, like, what are we really good at now? And what do we, uh, need to get better at? And I want that perspective from existing partners and internal stakeholders and so on. Because when you go do a partnership, it really relies on every part of the business. So if I if I know that we were actually executing in success really, really well, that's another reason to go point myself there and make an impact there. Because if I've had this where I've gone and formed relationships in more sales, sales motions and so on, and my partners tell me, if you ever put me at that rep again, I'm never going to be doing business <laughs> with you. Or oh, yeah. uh, my customers tell me you cannot, you absolutely suck at selling SMB. You, uh, your motions are all enterprise. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. I'm not doing business with you anymore. So this is where you got to like, what are you doing well? What can you improve on? 
Do people really have a really good handle on their operations and their business? And then that's another area in which I try to actually form a baseline opinion on these things. So, and then the 60 days, I'm starting to, I'm starting to actually start to um, understand what partners are there, um, start to craft my categories of partners and what we want to do. And then by 90 days, you're, you're, you're really putting in the, in the framework of strategy. You should be talking at that point going, okay, guys, I've, I've heard, I've listened. I see what the unit economics are. I've hung out and listened to customers and to partners. And now here's how we are going to uh, assemble on a strategy. And this is my recommendations going forward. So by exiting by, by that, that 90 days, you should have a really good buy-in around the strategy and how you're going to attack the rest of your, you know, your year and how you're going to make an impact right away. So that's how I got it. I like that because you're talking about the observation stage first and it's, I mean, maybe it goes without being said, but I, I've watched my peers do this where you come in and um, even I myself, I'm very action oriented. My personality is like, probably drives my wife crazy because she'll say, I have this thing and I'll go, cool, here's a solution. She's like, no, 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 just listen to me for a second. <laughs> I, I think the same thing is true in business, right? For those of us that are very action oriented. And, and I would describe like what I'm picturing is the person who's listening right now, who's earlier in their career, mid-stage in their career, maybe it's their first leadership opportunity to own an entire program like that. They're leaving a big company, going to something earlier, or they were earlier, they exited, now they're going something small again. So uh, I'm thinking a lot about the action component of it, but you're saying, wait, you're saying take 30 and observe. You're saying take 60 and start to mechanize a little bit, learn Mm -hmm. and document. You're taking 90 to really be effective in terms of building your strategy out to a place where you can execute on it. When I have that component, that, that next step, right? so I've got 90 days in now, I've got my strategy. What are some of the first things that you do? Like, are you going to go and try and sell a partnership? Are you going to go and try and look at existing partners at that point and say, how can I increase the value that they're getting? Do you go kind of, I guess, offense or defense? What's your attitude there? Yeah, I, well, uh, again, I, I guess if the impact statement is defensive, I'll go defensive. If it's, if it's offensive, I'll go offensive. But it's a great point. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I kind of let that kind of the strategy and, and the numbers and so on and the story sort of dictate those things. But one of the things that I, before, before I start really diving in, I also take the 90 days to really set a tone of communication, a frequency of communication, uh, 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 internal, external, internal, 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 yeah. Oh, hundred percent internal. Like over communicating in those 90 days is like, you can't over communicate. Like it's usually a new motion. People don't really understand, or they've had various degrees of what partnerships is and isn't. And so, um, just weekly roundups and learnings, um, sharing, uh, best practices and insights around partnerships and so on. And I always really, I, I, I have a set of guiding principles that I, I communicate to everybody and say, listen, when the strategy comes, this is what, this, these are the stages that we're going through. And when the strategy hits, here's, here are my promises to you, my guiding principles, right? And I can send them all to you, but they're things like, you know, the strategy, the, the partner strategy will be aligned to the corporate strategy. The partner strategy will be embedded in data. There'll be, you will be, have clear reasons why we're going to this, right? Uh, you will, it is a journey. It's not a moment in time. Like there's just, there's like, I have about 10 or 12 guiding principles that I talk to the rest of the company and they're kind of my promise and my, you know, be along on this with me for a journey. But these are the things I'm going to promise that the, the, the strategy and the execution uh, will be all about. And this is how we're going to work together. And I think that sets the framework because people just don't know. They kind of like, 
what are you going to do next? What are you going to ask of me next? Where are we going to go? Is this really how it's going to be? I mean, um, what what else I have? I've got them right here. Like, you know, it'll be informed by data. Um, The partner strategy will articulate the partner types, um, who we choose, why we choose, and and exactly who we're going to go with, because that's usually a lot of people are like, well, why'd you pick that partner? I, I don't, what, that, that doesn't make sense to me. They, they, they don't necessarily connect the dots. So they, these are all things that just articulate, you're going to be along for the ride. And I'm going to keep you very up to date on all of these things. And it's going to create, it's going to be a full company effort across the board, but these are my promises to you. I love this. I, I actually think for the first time in the show, I'm going to ask you to send me that and I'm going to attach to this episode because sure. that's interesting. That'd be really great to share out. You know, I'm thinking about as kind of a parting thought here. I always use this to describe the forethought you're, you're articulating here, right? Which is that for those of you that are listening and you know, you yourself, Rob, if anyone here likes scary movies, I was not you. Like I didn't grow up watching them. My friends didn't watch them. And I met my incredible wife. And the first thing she did was take me to watch a scary movie. Now, of course, I'm trying to be a tough guy. So, oh yeah, it's going to be fine. And I just like had a panic attack, right? It was the worst moment ever. But I realized after watching many, many more because she does enjoy them. The reason I didn't like scary movies is because they're not predictable. If you think about like the average rom-com or the action movie or whatever it is, you get used to a certain format if you watch a lot of film. And I did. I watched a ton of movies growing up. I'm a big film buff. Because of that, I could predict the outcomes of most films. I didn't know all the storyline, but I understood the framework. The framework of a scary movie tends to be, at least for me as a newbie, really hard to predict. But the more I got used to what the framework was, the better I became at essentially turning the light on in the dark room. And now it's just a person with a mask. And now like everything is fake and doesn't matter. And so when I think a lot about, as I do, these early conversations, it's a scary movie for most of your constituents, the people that you are beholden to here, right? They don't know what's coming and it's nervous and it's a dark room or a dark hallway and there's that like weird sound in the background. Everyone gets freaked out. But if you turn the light on and they can see that it's a normal hallway with a person at the end of it, it's a far less scary experience and people really double click on that sense of clarity and comfortability. So what you're describing in terms of your like kind of 10 motions here, what I'm hearing is you've turned the light on to your process and you're shining that light and saying, these are the things that I'm going to do to ensure that we're successful. I have to imagine it's just super well received. So thank you. I'm so glad you shared that. It's been an yeah. awesome episode. Awesome, awesome episode. Um, Rob, if folks want to get in touch, they want to reach out, get your feedback, advice, or otherwise, where do they find you on the internet? How do they reach out? Yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's the best place. And I'm always open. Um, I love sharing uh, any little tidbits that I can along the way. And I love sparking the interest of somebody that's like, Hey, partner sounds great to me. Um, it's great. Give me a DM, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm your fan. I'm your number one fan. I love it. <laughs> I love that. It's brilliant. Thank you for the offer. Everyone that listened, appreciate you checking out another episode of Outcomes. Remember, like, subscribe, comment on Apple. We're also on YouTube. Appreciate you checking out another episode of the show. And Rob, thanks again. Thanks, Bear. It's a lot of fun. <laughs>